Tov. The parasha is Dvarim. It's nice to see you again. At least for me it means I'm back in Yerushalayim, which is a nice thing. The parasha of Dvarim is the first parasha in a difficult sefer, the book of Dvarim. Now we all know that the Chumash is divided into five Svarim. Although we don't know why there were five Svarim. Uh, why couldn't it just be one long Sefer? It's true that the Ramban, I think he was the first one, that gave every Sefer a name, a topic. The first Sefer was about creation. And the second Sefer was about redemption, etc., Okay, that's true. But I'm not sure that explains fully why the Torah divided itself into five portions. However, whatever we say about Bereshit Shemot Vayikra Bamidbar, there is no doubt that the book of Dvarim is different. And this was already noticed by the Ramban. It is introduction to the Torah. Not his introduction to the book of Dvarim, which also mentions the uniqueness of the book of Dvarim, but in his introduction to the entire Torah, where he discusses the book of Dvarim at length. So let's look at the first Pasuk, for example. Eila HaDvarim, Asher Diber Moshe El Kol Yisrael, Be'eva Yadein Bamidbar, Barava Mulsuf, that's what the Pasuk says. Now, for our purposes, the thing that, that uh, is annoying about this Pasuk, I mean, there are many things that are but the first thing that's annoying is that it says, which sounds like it means that this book of Dvarim was invented in the mind of Moshe Rabbeinu. And that's a little hard for us to kind of fathom. For us it's very simple that the Torah was given to Moshe Rabbeinu from HaKadosh Baruch Hu during the 38 years that they were in the, in the desert. So what possibly could this mean? In other words, God is not part of the equation in the book of Dvarim. And if what I say is correct, and I'm just telling you what the Ramban said, if what I say is correct, that it's a little difficult for us to understand what the book of Dvarim is doing as part of the Torah itself. I mean, if it's the invention of Moshe Rabbeinu, then it should have been four books of the Torah, and then Moshe Rabbeinu's musings at the end of his life. Why would this be part of the? Why would this be part of the Torah if, in fact, the first pasuk is correct? Then you have uh, this odd phenomenon. I mean, just since we read the pasuk, I'm mentioning it where there are a lot of, in Hebrew they call it Nikudot Siyun. Right, if you want to locate a place, you know, if you want to go back to the place that you're in, it's very good to have a lot of 
things to mention about that place. If you look north, you see the mountain. If you look to the east, you see the river. And if you look to the west, you see a pile of stones. I mean, that's how you find the place. So this place that Moshe Rabbeinu uh, spoke the words which are called the Book of Dvarim is given the following Nikudot Siyun, points of reference. Bamidbar, Barava, Mulsuf, Bein Paran or Bein Tofel, Viravan Vechatzerot Vidizahav, not fewer than eight Nikudot Siyun. Eight, to locate a place. It says, though, locating the place that Moshe Rabbeinu was standing in, in which he gave this Torah, is something very important for us to find. So you all know that Rashi, Rashi, if you look at the, the Rashi is all on the page here. Oh, it's not on the page. I didn't put it in. Rashi points out to us, Rashi points out to us that these names are kind of metaphors. And since Moshe Rabbeinu was about to talk to B'nai Yisrael about the places in which they erred and about the things that they did, so it makes sense, according to Rashi, that the first pasuk will encapsulate that. And somehow all of these words that indicate places the place that Moshe Rabbeinu was standing in, really refer to events in the history of Moshe Rabbeinu's leaving uh, Mitzrayim and coming here to Avot Moab. I mean, I didn't put it on the sheet, but I'll just mention one of these places, since I had the the foresight to bring a Chumash. So you see, we'll take one of them. One of these. Uh, here we are. Here we are. So, uh, let's say, do they remember this one? It says, Bain Parano Bain Tofel. Paran is the name of a place, and Tofu is the name of a place. Vilavan, I guess, should also be the name of a place. But Rashi says, quotes the Gemara, Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Chazarnu al kol ha-mikra. We went through the whole Tanakh. I mean, meaning they were just sitting there and like going through the Tanakh. Vilavan makom sheshmo tofel vilavan. And we didn't find mention of a place called Tofel, nor of a place called Lavan. Ela hochichan al advarim shetaflu al haman shu Lavan, shamru benavshenu katsa belechem aklokel. But Lavan is Lavan means white is representative of the man, which was also white, and they complained about the man. So that what's really the Torah is referring to is one of the places where B'nai Yisrael made a mistake and denied God's goodness. The second, And in the Paran, that was where the Miraglim left and went to Eretz Yisrael and came back and everything that happened. So according to Rashi, 
All of these places that are mentioned in the first Pasuk are not just places, but they remind us of things that we did in the desert that we should not have done. That's the that's what Rashi says. Okay. Now look at Pasuk Gimel. Pasuk Gimel says, In other words, Ashteyasarchodesh is Nisan is six, right? Iyasivan Thomas of Elul. That's and the twelfth of Elul on the fortieth year of leaving Mitzrayim. Vechad Lachodesh, right? Of the last month of the year. Diber Moshe Bnei Yisrael. Again, Diber Moshe El Bnei Yisrael. Kechol Hashem Tziva Hashem Oto Alehem. This is already modified. The first pasuk says, Asher Diber Moshe El Bnei Yisrael. The third pasuk says, Moshe spoke what God told him to speak. The next pasuk, Achrei hakoto et sichon melech ha'emori asher yoshei b'cheshbon ve'g'od melech ha'bashan asher yoshei b'ashtarot ve'edrei. So you know that sichon and og blocked the way to Eretz Yisrael. Whereas they came to Sichon and Ogan, they said, we're going to just let us go through, we're not going to bother you, we'll just get some water. And they refused. So they were blocking the way into Eretz Yisrael. The nations led by Sichon and Og had dominion over the crossing into Eretz Yisrael or the, or the Jordan River. So, all of this took place that means that after B'nai Yisrael were now ready to go into Eretz Yisrael Moshe Rabbeinu started talking and Moshe Rabbeinu either spoke in, for himself that's Pasuk Aleph or he spoke things that God told him that's Pasuk Gimel and then Pasuk Hay brings us face to face with a uh, with another mystery, Moab. That's another way of saying where they are. What was the first way of saying where they are? You see, Pasuk Aleph, etc. That was the first way. The second way the Torah mentions where they are is Okay, on the eastern side of the Jordan River. Be'eretz Mo'av, Be'eretz Mo'av, that's also in that general area, right? Whether the Moabites and Sichon and Og all live together is not a question I can uh, answer, but it is a place called Eretz Mo'av. And there they were, ready to go into Eretz Yisrael. Before they go into Eretz Yisrael, the Torah tells us, Ho'il Moshe, now, what does ho'il mean? Uh, I don't know. What does Rashi say it means? What does Rashi say it means? Ho'il tifchil. Moshe Rabbeinu began. Rashi. What did Moshe Rabbeinu begin to do? Ho'il Moshe be'er et ha'torah hazot le'mor. 
that's what Moshe Rabbeinu began to do. He began to explain the Torah. Now, what could that possibly mean? And what did Moshe Rabbeinu do until the 40th year that they were in the desert? Didn't he explain the Torah to B'nai Yisrael? Didn't he teach them the Torah? Isn't that what he did? He, Moshe Rabbeinu. What else did he do? He taught the Torah to B'nai Yisrael. So what, according to Rashi, who says that Ho'il means to start, what was it that Moshe Rabbeinu started to do? So if you look at the Rashi, Rashi Shemzachmid, and he explains it. Be'er et ha-Torah. Veshiv'im lashon persha lahem. Now this is what you call a mystery. Now you know, what does that mean? What do you mean, let's say there is this notion in Chazal that there are 70 languages that make up the languages of the world. But why would we imagine that B'nai Yisrael knew those languages? Or that explaining the Torah in those languages would be helpful to somebody? I mean, it could be that this is a statement about the world, about the future, right? That in the future, we know that the Torah will be translated into many languages, right? The translation of the Torah into Greek is considered by the Gemara to be a prophetic event. You remember, there were 70 translators who were put into 70 rooms, Greek, the Greek translation, and the translation that they made was the same for all of them, including certain deviations that could not have been planned easily in advance. So it's true that in the Gemara, the translation of the Torah into Greek is seen as being an extraordinary event, an event that is worthy of note, but still, that's not 70 languages. That's one. Okay, over the years, it is true that that the Torah was translated into every imaginable language, but not usually from Hebrew. In other words, the people who translated the Torah into Ethiopian right, didn't know Hebrew. They translated it from Greek, right, from the Greek uh, translation of the Bible. Uh, a Latin was from the Greek. I mean, the translation into English which is called King James, which was done by a lot of people, most of whom who knew Greek and Latin, but didn't know Hebrew. So is that what this means? That the fact that the Hebrew Bible is translated into many languages, but derivative languages, you know, it's Hebrew to Greek, and then Greek to any number of, uh, of other languages, does that mean that this is what Moshe Rabbeinu did when he was Be'er at the Torah? I mean, why would he do that? And what does it mean? So you have a pasuk that says, it's a mystery, that Moshe Rabbeinu ho'il v'ba'er at the Torah hazot le'mor. In other words, you would imagine, you would imagine that uh, Moshe Rabbeinu explained the Torah. Why does Rashi have to say that he translated or that he taught the Torah in 70 languages? I mean, where does that come into the issue? What is Rashi trying to help me with? What is Rashi trying to make sure that I avoid? So if you look at the Ramban that's on the page here, the Ramban says, 
This is the end of the first pasuk of the comment of the Ramban Alatara. The end of it. So if you look at the beginning, you won't find it. You have to look at the end. Says there are two different issues that are mentioned here in the Torah. Amashi de Moshe el b'nei Yisrael kichol asher tziva Hashem oto alehem. Is that true? That's true. What pasuk is that? What pasuk is that? That is pasuk bet. It says de Moshe kol Yisrael kichol asher tziva Hashem oto alehem. So the Ramban says pasuk bet, right? V'zei remez. El ha-mitzvot sheyomar lahem b'sefer hazeh shalom nizkuru ad heina b'torah. So everybody knows that there are mitzvot mentioned in the book of Dvarim that are only mentioned in the book of Dvarim, not mentioned anywhere else. The example that's often quoted, because we know it's something to remember, is uh, are the laws of divorce, which are mentioned in the book of Dvarim but not mentioned anywhere else in the Torah. So, in the book of, Torah, of Dvarim, there are things that Moshe Rabbeinu said in the name of God. And what are those things, according to the Ramban? Mitzvot. Mitzvot, in other words, there was like a bundle of mitzvot that had not yet been put into the Torah. So Moshe Rabbeinu took the opportunity to teach them as part of the book of Dvarim. That's what the Ramban says. <laughs> and furthermore, the Pasuk says, which means that there was a precision involved. Moshe Rabbeinu taught precisely what he had learned. The mitzvot, as he learned them, that's what he taught. And the reason for that, the reason for this Pasuk Bet, the reason that in Pasuk Bet it says, and Moshe Rabbeinu taught the mitzvot just as he had learned the mitzvot exactly, was because you might be confused. Because the book of the, of the fifth book of the Torah does not start with the words, Vayidaber Hashem el Moshe, but it starts with the words, Eilat Vayim Hashem Diber Moshe. El Kol Yisrael. Okay? So the Pesach says, the mitzvot in the book of Dvarim, that appear only in the book of Dvarim, are surely mitzvot that Moshe Rabbeinu heard about from the mouth of God. God taught him these mitzvot, he taught them to B'nai Yisrael. Remember he said at the beginning, There are two different points that are made in the Torah. The first point therefore is that there are mitzvot in the book of Devarim, just like there are mitzvot in any other book of the Torah. And just as in the other books of the Torah, God taught them to Moshe Rabbeinu. In the book of Devarim, God also taught them to Moshe Rabbeinu. He said, uh, Sorry, Ki ho'il Moshe be'er at et ha'torah. 
Furthermore, the Pasuk says, Ho'il Moshe, Be'etorah, which is a new idea. What is the idea? V'zeh remez b'mitzvot shenemru kvar. And in this part of the Pasuk, Ho'il Moshe, Be'er, is a remez. Remez for the Ramban means it's written there. It's really there. It's not, it's not the answer to a puzzle question. Remez means it's absolutely in the Torah. Just like Pshat is in the Torah and Drash is in the Torah. Remez is also in the Torah. So what's the Remez according to the Ramban? The mitzvot kvar sheyachzor otam leva'er otam ulechadesh bahem dvarim. He says, Ho'il Moshe be'er that the reference is to mitzvot that are told in the Torah for a second time. Like the mitzvot about about Yom Tov, about Yamim Tovim, in the parish of Re'eh, which also appears in the parish of Pinchas. So he says, we have things that are repeated in the book of Dvarim. So why were they repeated? Why were they repeated? So, you know, the Rabban elsewhere says that they're repeated as, as Musr. You know what, you know what Musr is? So what is, like, like, how do you recognize Musr? Musr is when the person who's speaking keeps saying the same thing over and over again. Then you know it's Musr. So, so the Rabban says, the Rabban says, you know, Musr is when you repeat yourself again and again, but here he says no. There's another kind of repetition. A kind of repetition which looks like it's repetitive. It looks like you're saying the same thing over again. But if you look very carefully, you'll see there are chidushim. There are novel ideas in the repetition that weren't there when Moshe Rabbeinu taught it the first time around. And therefore, it's important for us it's supposed to read the repetitive material in the book of Dvarim very carefully. And that's what the Ramban says. V'zeh Rebez, v'mitzvot sh'ne'emru kvar, sh'yachzor otam v've'otam, u'lechadesh bahem Dvarim. I would underline that. I would underline that. <laughs> what does lechadesh bahem Dvarim mean? Huh? It's not? It's not Musa. Okay, good. But what is it? Something new? What, is, what do we call something new in the Torah? What do we really call something new? We call it Torah Shabbat Peh. Is that what we call? Uh, you learn Gemara, right? What do you do when you learn Gemara? You try to have a novel suggestion, an interesting idea. Right, which maybe was never said before. So that koach, according to the Ramban, I mean, I'm giving it a little bit of leeway, but I think that that's what the Ramban means. That where does the notion of chidush, of novel ideas, come from? It comes from this pasuk. Ho'il Moshe Be'er et HaTorah Hazot. So that the, the, the Be'er is Moshe Rabbeinu speaking, and not God. And what was it that Moshe Rabbeinu left us with? What was the inheritance that we see we received from, from Moshe Rabbeinu? That we're not stymied. That if 
there's a question that's asked and that that question has never been answered before it's still likely that we will be able to answer that question it's still reasonable to expect that whoever is knowledgeable in Torah will be able to deal with that question and that comes from Ho'il Moshe Be'er so what does the book of Devarim consist of according to the Ramban it is mitzvot and those mitzvot are then divided up again into two groups and the first group of mitzvot which Moshe Rabbeinu learned at Har Sinai but had not yet taught to Bnei Yisrael so he taught them to Bnei Yisrael and the second thing the Ramban says about mitzvot is that sometimes mitzvot are repeated and that we've learned something now in Dvarim that we've already learned in an earlier part of the Torah says is that that's how il Moshe Be'er that Moshe Rabbeinu repeated the mitzvot because he wanted to add something he wanted to say something and by adding something and saying something according to the Ramban Moshe Rabbeinu invented l'chadesh bahem dvarim and because Moshe Rabbeinu invented l'chadesh bahem dvarim as I told you several times the Jewish people did not come to an end when Moshe Rabbeinu died. It was Moshe Rabbeinu had to somehow convince B'nai Yisrael that there was life after Moshe Rabbeinu. Because he had not convinced them of that, that there's life after Moshe Rabbeinu. The whole enterprise would have died. Because everybody would say, there's no way for us to find out what God wants anymore. When Moshe Rabbeinu was alive, he told us what God wants. What now? What are we to do now? So the answer was that B'nai Yisrael would on their own be able to create chidushim, new and novel ideas, which would in turn enable us to, um, to know, enable us to know exactly what God wanted from us, even though it wasn't written any place. That's the point that he makes Vitam Ho Il Moshe. Now he says, let's look at that word Ho Il. Remember what Rashi said? Rashi said that Ho Il means right to start something. The Ramban says, and he says the reason that the Pasuk says is because Moshe Rabbeinu was his idea he knew that there would be no future there would be no future for B'nai Yisrael if they didn't understand that they could continue to sort of uh, take the word right with, uh, with a grain of salt to create Torah but it's not, I'm not the only one who said that, Rabbi Yudha Levi said it. And others, that Torah is a kind of ever-evolving mass. It doesn't stay the same. Because if it would always stay the same, then it wouldn't be able to deal with new realities. The only way that it deals with new realities is by, by saying that we can explain the Torah so that it answers the question of the new reality. Okay? Like 
in other words, please rest here. It appears a lot, the Rabban says, in the, this word appears a lot in the Tanakh. So we have a little bit of background information. What I'd like to do is look at the pre-tzadik on the second page. It's long, but we won't learn it all, I think. We'll learn some of it. The pre-tzadik is found, Rosh Chodesh Shvat, but in the second volume of the pre-tzadik Shmot, he takes a break from his commentary on the Parashat Shavuot and talks about Shvat, about the Rosh Chodesh, the month of Shvat. And in there, in the sixth, in the sixth section of his discussion, we have this. So we'll learn it a little bit. Let's start from the beginning. V'amar ha'kach bi'otiyoti Rabbi Akiva is a medrash. Lefisha b'shasha amar Moshe l'vnei ha'kodesh bohu heina ni aral svatayim. You remember when ha'kodesh bohu said to Moshe Rabbeinu, go, be the shaliach. Moshe Rabbeinu didn't want to go. He said, heina ni aral svatayim. Which, I don't know exactly what that means, but I know it means that I can't speak so well. And Moshe Rabbeinu felt that he was poorly uh, prepared for this job of being the shaliach to our own. However, and so Moshe Rabbeinu says to God, but we can't understand if God says to you, you Moshe Rabbeinu, you're the most appropriate one for this job. So Moshe Rabbeinu should have said, yes, I'll go. And then God explains to Moshe Rabbeinu that, you know, who creates people? Who gives them? Who gives them assets and deficits? I mean, it's God. So what? What do you? It's all comes from God. So stop hacking at China. That's what God says to Moshe Rabbeinu. So look again. The fisha b'sha'asha ma'moshe v'nei akodesh baruch hu heda niri aral svatay ma'am the third line. Nizda'azu kol briot shabolam v'amru ma'moshe. Shatid l'dabei b'omishchina b'kuval yehiv mikomot. There are 175 times that God says, "Vayomer Hashem el Moshe leMor." Who betaf b'kuf ayin hey parshiot shebetorah? K'moshe amushig neged shotav shel Abravinu alav shalom ayin sham. So there are all these connections between God speaking to Moshe Rabbeinu and happened again and again. So he says, line eight, Vamar. He says, there in that medrash, right? Let's go again. The medrash is called Otiyoti Rabbi Akiva. That's what it's called. And then he quotes the medrash. And what is he quoting in the medrash? That even though Moshe Rabbeinu said to God on the Yals for time, which sounds like it means he can't talk, how could he talk? He was able to, he was able to repeat every letter of the Torah, and every word of the Torah, and every idea of the Torah. That was all Moshe Rabbeinu. And then he adds, the Medrash adds, but Ayin Lashon. Ayin Lashon means like an almost infinite number of interpretations. That's line nine. The Hainu Kemoshin Emma Be'eret Torah. Where does it say that? 
That's what it says, that Moshe Rabbeinu had this capacity. Right, remember? That's what Rashi said. Seventy languages. This is like that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the Torah. That's at the end of the book of Devarim. What do you mean? So Moshe Rabbeinu was an Aral Zvatayim. So what are we? And we don't know anything compared to Moshe Rabbeinu. Hainu Masha Ma Moshe Rabbeinu ki kvad peh u kvad lashon anochi. In the same parish at the beginning of Shemot, Moshe Rabbeinu says kvad peh, kvad lashon. Usually you turn to kvad peh like stutter. Somebody who doesn't speak clearly. And kvad lashon the same. Shehu kineged peh vidibur. Peh vidibur. Right? That's what Moshe Rabbeinu said. Kvad peh my mouth, kvad lashon, my ability to speak. Shenikra midat malchut Torah shabal peh, uptichat peh, umanel lashon aniskar leel. So he reminds us that peh and lashon are connected to Torah shabal peh, because Torah shabal peh exists in the world only when you speak. When you say the Torah Shabbat, Torah Shabbat, the Torah, it's here in the Aaron Kodesh, right? I don't have to see it. I don't have to look at it for it to live. It lives because it's there. But Torah Shabbat is different. Torah Shabbat is different. You need to speak it. If you don't speak Torah Shabbat, it's not there. It's a hidden away someplace in your mind, but it's not there. So what Moshe Rabbeinu said, Kvad Pebe, Kvad Lashon, when he spoke about himself, he said, Kvad Pebe, Kvad Lashon, what was he saying? According to the pre-Tzadik, he said, look, Rebona Shalom, I can go up on the mountain, and I can receive the Torah, and I can even give it to the Nei Yisrael, but I'm a Kvad Pebe, Kvad Lashon. How am I ever going to be able to teach Torah Shabbat Peh? I don't know anything. I don't have a Jewish education. I didn't go to yeshiva. I haven't learned all the Masechtot of Shaz. I'm Kfad Peh, the Kfad Lashon. So if you give me something and tell me to pass it on to B'nai Yisrael, I'll be able to do that. But Torah Shabbat Peh, you have to be in it. How am I going to pass on the Torah Shabbat Peh? What is he talking about? He's talking about the creative force of Torah Shabbat Peh. Not the Torah Shabbat Peh. The Ramah makes a distinction. You know, there's a different kind. There's the Torah Shabbat Peh, which tells you what the Pesach means. Like, the, like they're talking about Tefillin. The Torah talk about Tefillin. So somebody has to come and say, well, this is what Tefillin look like. If no one shows you what they look like, you'll never know what they look like. I mean, it's a, so is that Torah Shabbat Peh or Torah Shabbat what the Tefillin look like. So you could say it's Torah Shabbat because it's the simple understanding of what it says in the Pasuk. But Torah Shabbat as the Ramban says, is the Koach Lechadesh. It's the power that enables us to create the ongoing Torah.
And that's what Moshe Rabbeinu said to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I won't be able to do that because I'm poorly educated. I'll be able to pass on what you give me, but I'm not going to be able to pass on the ideas because I'm Kvad Peh and Kvad Lashon Ani. Now if you look at line 18, Lama Od, Ubeshvil Shema Moshe Kvad Peh, Again, because Moshe Rabbeinu was so straightforward about his own limitation, what do we call that? We call that humility. Because Moshe Rabbeinu was able to practice a humility even in the face of a directive from God. He was able to say to God, look, I'm an Amoritz. I don't really know what it takes to know to do this. Because of that Moshe Rabbeinu, because he said Kvad Peh, he was Zochetu Pe'el Peh. That God spoke to him directly. The only person ever to receive direct speech from Ha from HaKadosh Baruch And so, uh, just one second, if we look at line 25, Sefer Dvarim Hu Shoresh Kol Torah And he says, Sefer Dvarim is the Shoresh of Torah Because Sefer Dvarim is Eilah Dvarim Asher Diber Moshe. And one of the things that Moshe Rabbeinu was able to, to speak, as according to the Ramban, the Chidushim, the additional material that's necessary in order to deal with the reality through the, through the generations. Uh, and so, one second, let's skip a little bit more. Here. One second. There, line 36. Peg Dalit Pasigud Bet Vatalech. The discussion between Moshe Rabbeinu and Akkadish Bokhu is summarized by Akkadish Bokhu when he tells Akkadish Bokhu to go. I mean, it's good you could compare this to the story of Bilam talking to Akkadish Bokhu. Akkadish Bokhu said, Don't go, and Bilam said, Yes, go, and here it's the opposite. Akkadish Bokhu says, Go, and Moshe Rabbeinu says, Lo, I'm not going to go. And then the p- summarizing pasuk, Vatalech, Akkadish Baruch says to Moshe Rabbeinu, you go and be the shaliach. What about his argument? What about Moshe Rabbeinu's argument that he didn't have a mouth and he wasn't able to speak? Right, I mean, obviously, Moshe Rabbeinu said it. It must have been true. Nu, Vatalech, Vanochi e'ye impicha. In other words, Moshe Rabbeinu was being promised 
that he's going to be able to do something that he knows he can't do. But God will enable him to do that. And what is the something that Moshe Rabbeinu knows that he can't do? He can't be mechadesh, Torah Peh. HaKadosh Baruch says to Moshe Rabbeinu, since you're so aware of your shortcomings, and means you're aware of Torah, you're deserving, you deserve to have this advantage. And 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 Anochi Eye Impicha. And then the second part of the Pasuk is Ticha Asher Adaber and I God will teach you what you should say. So that the origin of Torah Peh is with Moshe Rabbeinu as far as Bnei Yisrael are concerned. But the Pasuk says that where does the Torah Peh ultimately come from? It comes from God. And this was the resolution of the discussion between HaKadosh Bochu and Moshe Rabbeinu according to the Pre-Tzadik. And therefore the book of Dvarim is the book of the resolution. It's the book that represents this re- resolution. God says to Moshe Rabbeinu, and we say, when? Where? How? Ah, Eilad Dvarim Moshe. The, the Ramban further circumscribes it by saying, we're not talking about the mitzvot that are new, because that's like Matan Torah throughout Shemot, Vayikra, Bamidbar, but we're talking about those mitzvot where Moshe Rabbeinu takes the trouble to repeat them because he has insights into them. So look at what the Pritzadik says. Uh, line 36. Masik Right, this is the conclusion of the discussion between Moshe Rabbeinu and HaKadosh Baruch Perik Dalet Posek Yudbet. As you say you can't speak, HaKadosh Baruch guarantees that you will be able to speak. What does Oreiticha mean? To teach. God made wisdom known to Moshe Rabbeinu to enable him to fully carry out his task of passing the Torah, which we now know consists of Torah Shemichsav and Torah Shemalpeh, down to the people. Bechol beiti ne'eman, it says about Moshe Rabbeinu, melamei shehifkido ha-kodesh bochu al-kol Yisrael, al-kol ginzei. What does ne'eman mean? Ne'eman means that, that he doesn't waver. He never changes. A person who doesn't change, who doesn't waver, he can take the Torah and the secrets of the Torah Sheba Al Peh. Mlamed Shev Kidoa Kurishboh Kol Yisrael Kol Ginze Vikhule. Bikishab Ginzea Torah, Ginzechokma, Gizetfuna, Ginze Mizima, Gizema Dagins Ginze what do you think that is? Okay, so there you have it. That's what that's what the pre tzaddik told us. What? Yeah, it could be. Could be. I just don't remember. In other words, according to the pre tzaddik, 
According to Pritzadik, there's a, a tension between the way Moshe Rabbeinu saw the job and the ability that he felt he was missing in order to do the job properly. Because the job was Torah Shebechtav and Torah Shebaopeh. And Torah Shebaopeh doesn't only mean the oral explanation of the written word. That's a simple kind of Torah Shebaopeh which the Rambam mentions in his introduction to the Mishnah and elsewhere. But, but Torah Shebaopeh means that there is a Torah which is waiting to be revealed. It's Baalpeh. It's not the Torah that you memorized yesterday. It's the Torah that no one has yet spoken. So the Torah that no one has yet spoken, that's called Torah Shvalpeh, and that's the Torah that Moshe Rabbeinu introduces us in the beginning, too, in the beginning of the book of Dvarim, and that's Eilat Dvarim Hashem Diber Moshe Bnei Yisrael, Horeel Moshe Be'er Satarazos, the Shivim Lishonot, the Shivim Lishonot are a metaphor for new interpretations, always new interpretations, new insights, and that's what the Ramban says. That's what the Ramban says in his uh, commentary. Have a good Shabbos. It's it's summer, you know, in the summer, so it's a little shorter. Yeah. What? Yeah, but that's like that's that's pshat. That's considered pshat. I would say that that should. Yeah. Also, but also sodot of the Torah. Like, let's say, uh, where do you build your sukkah when it you're you're in a cliff or something? You know, all kinds of strange shilas that come up. So, so where did all the where did all that information go from? It didn't exist. No, from Dvari. I don't know. I don't know, but we know that uh, all the questions that are asked in the Mishnah, for example, yeah. no one asked them before the Mishnah. No one asked them before the Mishnah. Yeah. Or if somebody asked them, they weren't well known. They became well known questions in the Mishnah. Thank you. Chavez, Yeah, and then there's Because we're into precision. We became enamored with precision. And any attempt to get us back into Agadita was rejected. The Marshal, the Maharal, Ben Yaakov. I mean, these are not the main stays of yeshiva learning. Right, was, we basically rejected, we, we rejected lack of precision for precision. Yeah, you know, so it's like all Torah Shavuot, Rabbi Nachman said, oh, it's in the Gemara. Mm-hmm. There should be a way of continuing it. That's 
that's practical and that helps. So he did. But uh, people generally don't. I mean, they tell stories, but the stories they tell are not critical to anything. They're always examples of something that we know already. They're not an attempt to teach us something new. So if a good speaker tells a story, a loud tells a story, he doesn't tell the story to teach us something new. He tells the story. It's an example of something that everybody knows. Well, Nachman was trying to teach us new things, which was, that was remarkable. Whereas in the, the Maral, the Marshaw, they're trying to explain the Agadita sometimes in new and interesting ways. No, 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 cook also the same. In, in Ayah, it's only on Brachos uh, and Shabbos, but he definitely did it. In his way, in his way of thinking about things. All the best.